tell us once well we are renters but we are interdependent i'm like yeah that's humanity that has nothing to do with your culture that is i love it like they probably said it to you like so groundbreaking yeah they did hi everyone i'm sid sharice and i'm david bosher and you're listening to destroy the hairdresser the podcast where we teach you to salon differently This episode is sponsored by Card Shears, a reputable brand born in Switzerland, created by Mike Card. Card Shears are made with the highest end and most durable Japanese steel that work for dry and wet cutting. We decided to team up with Card because of their unique approach to handcrafted shears, customer service, and a simple love for the hairdresser. Tap the link in the episode description to receive a special DTH promotion for your new shears. We promise you'll love them. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, gloss genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com. Today's topic is, I think, if we're talking about the one thing that I wish all salons would do, whether you're in coaching or you're not in coaching, it is this. Remove the front desk completely. People lose their minds. Yeah, on this topic. When I suggest to salon owners, yeah, they like, they like use the desk and like throw it at us. Yeah. They're like, we're not doing that. I love everything you're doing, but that one we're not doing. Yeah. When I get people, that a lot. That's when, the hardest thing. I think do. when people sign up for coaching, they are. I always get this. I don't know if you get this. <laughs> I've listened to your podcast. Mm-hmm. I've taken a lot of your courses. I saw you live in person, and I want to work with you, but I just want you to know I'm not going to remove my front desk. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're telling me exactly how this is going to go, and my first thought is, oh, that's the first thing <laughs> we're going to be doing. <laughs> And it also is the it also tells me that you have a large front desk mm-hmm. and you probably have too many front desks. You employees. paid a carpenter to build that front desk into the ground and the wall. Uh-huh. And that's why you're fighting us on it. I think that removing the front desk is really scary because I think removing anything from your business is scary because mm-hmm. the question becomes, well, who's gonna do that job? But I think you have to go further back. And say, why is this a job? Yeah. Like, why does why is this a thing that we do? Like, everyone always asks, well, who greets the guests? You've yeah. said this in other podcasts. Yeah. So it's, who, who greets, greets the, the guests? Guest? Um, <laughs> People listening are like, yeah. <laughs> who the hell greets the guests? <laughs> I, well, well, let's let's be let's honest. Break everything down yeah. too. When someone walks into a to an establishment, they come in with the expectation of being seen not the expectation of being greeted. There's a difference between being greeted and being ignored. There's a difference between seeing someone and and being aware that they're there and ignoring someone and not being aware they're there. I think as a client myself to certain places, I don't need someone to like greet me. In fact, sometimes they're like, do you want coffee, water? It's tea? overwhelming. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm like, I just, I'm just here. I'm just checking in. I'm going to yeah. sit down. 
And I think that this, again, it's another assumption that we make as an industry is like, oh, people want us to come up and they want us to like pet their hair and hold them Mm -hmm. and say, welcome (laughs) to our salon. (laughs) They don't want that. Well, it's I don't know where that came from. I think people forget what it feels like, especially in our industry, because we don't really, A, have time or... I, I don't know why, like, we, we get our friends to do our hair. Or, like, we don't go— we don't, We're not clients anymore. Yeah, we're, yeah, we don't really become clients. Like, it, it takes a lot of effort. And so I think it's really important to, like, remember, like, would I like all of this? I mean, textbook, grading someone is a very textbook answer. I just don't know if in today's world it's necessary. I can imagine, like, I have salons that we've worked with that they put an iPad at the front that says, Welcome— we know that you're here, and someone will be with you shortly. Please take a seat. Yeah, It's like that simple, that the person's like, oh, they know I don't have to do anything. That is almost more relieving yeah. than like, where's the front desk? Yeah. And where's the person well, that I'm supposed to check in with? I think, uh, I say, I've said this in a ton of clubhouses, but we were a art industry. Mm-hmm. And getting your hair done by an artist became a thing. Like being, a, hairdressing has been around for forever before I really in my head like it really became a thing like you know in the 40s and 50s well then like Sassoon like re yeah in the 70s it came it turned into like a whole like craft and it was an art and you were famous for I being an artist I think the 80s is really when product companies took things over yes yeah, so then that's what happened is product companies were like whoa there's a need for this as product companies do there's nothing wrong with the game there is a need yeah like so we're not anti-product, you know. We're just like anti-abusive relationships yeah. <laughs> with product companies. Exactly. The product companies were brilliant. There is a need for product. It's a great business opportunity. It's a great money-making opportunity. But they shifted everything in our industry completely away from us having a voice as an artist. So we became a service industry. And honestly, we were in the same and still put in the same bracket as um Restaurants and other service industries. Well, it's funny too because I not a, I don't like benchmarking mainly because I did it for however many years with a larger brand. But when you own a retail store like a clothing store, you have benchmarks, but not like you do in a salon. That's why when you do certain pro- coaching programs that talk all about benchmarking and sales and sales and sales, the reason that that's so important for salons is because you don't make any money from those sales. So you have to you have to sell a product, I believe, 12 times before you actually make a profit on that sale. Whereas if you own a clothing store, it's already marked up like 300%. It was made in so, another country for a yeah. dollar. <laughs> and you're selling it for $300. Mm-hmm. So you're already making... That's why when you look at a store and you're like, they never have business, it's because they don't have to turn over as quickly as salons do. And that's why you're taking all these classes about how to sell retail, how to sell retail, because you're not profiting. If you were profiting on retail, you wouldn't need a class convincing you on how to sell retail. And so the front desk was created to be another tool to move retail, to pre-book people, which people don't pre-book. Nobody wants to pre-book. Stop pre-booking. I don't clients. know my schedule next week, let alone there is no schedule anymore from now. And I think that's like the front desk doesn't. It's not needed. The space it takes up could house stations, always employ people. That's something we always talk about. Remove the front desk, employ hairdressers. Put stations there if you can. Remove the front desk and create an Instagrammable space. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a lot better for your marketing than 
a front desk person. Utilize um, technology to actually technology. streamline your experience that your clients are going through. And stop making the assumption that everyone needs to be babied the minute they walk into the door. A lot of times the fight, because sometimes people can wrap their head about removing the furniture, like the physical furniture. But what they can't wrap their head around is the person. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, well, they're such a good worker. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to ask yourself, is this person working for you through college? Which is fine, you know, like... Yeah, like, is this their career for the rest of their life? Or they, do they want to make a career out of working for you? Because that's then... Different. That's different. That, that's, that's not a front desk job. No, that is really looking to an opportunity to kind of be like, uh, almost like an extension of the owner. Like, a manager, an assistant. Exactly. They are part of the the process of the team moving. But they don't have to sit at a desk. Mm-hmm. They could be... Um, you know, working on guest relations. They could be working on so many things the desk behind is the scenes. Probably the most I would rather get rid of a front desk person and hire a social media person because mm-hmm. the front desk is a very toxic environment. Yeah. It's where all the drama goes down. Yeah. It's where everyone runs up to see if people tipped them. It's so and so keeps messing up my appointments. It's frustration, frustration, frustration. There's two things that people ask. Who's gonna do the towels? That's a that is Probably the number one question that I get. Yeah. Well, who's going to do the towels? Everyone. Mm-hmm. It's team effort. And there is downtime. Yeah, it it is possible to do a little. For anyone that's a single parent and has kids, you can do laundry mm-hmm. and also other things at yeah. the same time. It's possible. Is it? Is it enjoyable? There's also Not laundry always. services. Yes, pay someone to do it. Yeah, where they pick up a bag of your laundry and drop. That's off. a big thing in New York City because we don't have. Washers, washers and, and dryers. dryers. <laughs> so literally, like, I'll walk into the studio. There'll be a bag of towels. I put them away. They're yeah. already folded. It's such a time saver. Oh, my gosh. Already folded towels. That right there is worth my time. And money. And then I they I put all the dirty towels in a bag, and they pick it up at the end of the night. And it's, it's just every day, I'm you know, or a couple times a week. It's less than $30,000 a year. That is way, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's expensive. Is it as expensive as paying a person to do it? Like, no. I mean, no one wants to do that. And and second— I was going to say, too, I was talking—a friend of mine who works in robotics, mm-hmm. and I remember when I was younger, we were talking, and I was like, oh, so you're making—you're taking away people's jobs. He goes, no, I'm allowing humans to do the things they were supposed to do, which was not factory work, not, you know, menial tasks. Humans were not meant to do certain things. It's just that we— we do certain things for the money, but not robot cannot be an artist. Like no. robots, I don't humans feel like sp- can be creative. Right, They're, humans are supposed to create. Humans are supposed to have relationships. Humans are supposed to talk. Critically think. Critically think. Like have technology do the tasks that don't benefit humans at like fulfill. I'd rather spend twelve hundred dollars on an iPad Pro. And have that do everything that I'm paying someone $30,000 a year for. If I'm going to pay someone $30,000 a year, they're going to be doing a lot more than sitting at the desk. Oh, my God. Like, yes, absolutely. But I would rather invest that $30,000 into someone that is going to be beneficial to the growth of the salon. Yeah. Let's go back to checking in clients. <laughs> the, the this is a big thing. thorn in our side. Yeah. Well, who's going to check the clients in? So if one of the things at DTH that we say is it's like booth rental, but better, right? You're a commissioned salon structure, but all of the team has freedom in pricing, freedom in schedule, freedom in time off, freedom in sick time, mental health. They have freedom as if they were an independent hairstylist. Everyone that, that doesn't understand this was like, what, 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 what? Yeah. How, so, how's that going to work? But. In a commissioned salon, the stylists have freedom as if they're an independent hairdresser. So they do everything the same 
as if they were independent. The only difference is behind the pay, they're W-2. Mm-hmm. So they're protected if there was the only difference, pandemic. The only difference is the pay structure. That's it. Whether you're paying rent and or you're paying the commission. And they're also not having to pay rent. They're not having to buy their own products. And they're not having to pay quarterly taxes because they're right. already paying taxes. So We're going to go into that simplifies, in another, another yeah, episode. It simplifies the back end. What that means, though, is that because they're independent, they are running their own businesses. If you look at a, someone in a suite, there's no front desk. Hey, Sally. I'll be with you in a moment. It's that simple. There's like a acknowledgement that you're here. It's simplified. And not only that, they're checking their clients out. They're pre-booking their clients. They're taking pay. So when you have this commission salon structure and there's no front desk, your team is taking care of all that. And That's really what it should be. And I have people that are like, oh, well, my team doesn't want to take care of it. Fire them and get a new team that can critically think, has emotional intelligence, and understands the importance of personal responsibility and freedoms. This is my favorite thing. Well, my team's not going to do that. But then the team leaves to go to independent and, do and does and that. do the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, why can't we all make money together? It, everything that we teach at DTH is not new. Mm-mm. It's just talking about the things that like our brains as hairdressers and salon owners were like, that doesn't compute because that's not how it is. I hear all the time, I, I don't want to open a salon uh, a commission salon because I don't want to manage people. So I'm going to have 20 renters. Yeah. I'm like, have you ever, ever had, rented a house? You have, have you ever 20 rented renters any? that you're are still, now individual businesses that you're still responsible for. Yeah. You don't benefit from at all. But then all. they're like, we're creating a culture. I'm like, what culture? You have 20 people that are doing their own damn thing. There are two things that, that everyone has to stop saying. We're creating a culture that is. Not a benefit. That is that should be happening. A toxic culture. I don't. I just don't get why like culture. Like oh well, we. I had one person tell us once. Well, we are renters, but we are interdependent. I'm like, yeah, that's humanity. <laughs> that has nothing to do with your culture. That is. I love it. it's like they probably said it to you like so groundbreaking. Yeah, too, like, they did. Or we do things differently. We provide. We do I love education. The, like, excuses These and illusions. Excuses and illusions. Mm-hmm. Write that down. That should be another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the front desk, get rid of it, work with a coach on how to get rid of it. But we have been trained that we're supposed to take care of clients and bend over backwards and do all these things. Service industry. Service industry. Mm-hmm. Clients don't really require that much. When I go to buy a car, I just want to buy the car. I don't need you to like, I actually don't trust you if you start like pamper. I just show me the car. I already know which one I want. I already looked it up. Yeah. How much is it? Especially How do I sign the up? younger generations, they don't go to Prue's cars. They have done research on it. Yeah. They have looked it up. They have literally done the 3D views of it. When we went and got our car, we already, we were like walking in with money. We were like, let's go. Let's get this done. And they like, we're trying, they're like, do you want coffee? Or We don't want, we have water. I want my we car all have our and coffee. I go back home. Yeah, we're like we're ready to or, we're ready to like take the car, and I think they were even like it, it was a Gen Xer who was just kind of like expecting us to like bargain, and then they started like over explaining why the car was. They've the price been taught it was. to deal with, and I'm like, we <laughs> already made the decision to buy the car. We At are here the price. To, we are here to finish the the process, and I think that it's hard for people that are older. They think that everything's a bargain. Younger people don't bargain. We. We saw that it was this much. We couldn't afford it last month. Now we can, so we go get it. It's not nothing. We don't. We're not bargaining for things. Yeah. You know, it's like I. I my dad comes to visit New York sometimes, and he's like, "I cannot believe that your coffee is six dollars and fifty cents." Mind you, he lives on a farm in Michigan, uh, where his coffee is 
probably 75 cents. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, he goes, he goes, you could get it cheaper somewhere else. I'm like, I know, but like. But I ordered it from my phone and yeah. I just walked in and grabbed it and like left. Yeah, like I'm paying for all the things I the don't have to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to remember is the world is getting closer to automation, which is I want to walk in and sit down. I don't, I don't really want to. Think about everything's on subscription. Half yes. the things that come to my house are on subscription. And Our I program to, is subscription. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't have to, I can cancel it whenever I want. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go out and get it. Like, it's simple. And, and that's, product is a whole other thing. If you don't have a front desk, you also should have affiliate links. Like, why can't products be coming from, if the product companies are going to do anything, it's pay for shipping and take care of the back end for you. Yeah. I'll talk about the product. You are going to ship it to my client. Yeah. Because I'm not paying for that. I don't want to be the customer anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. People are, salons are the customers of product companies. And they tell you that it's for your clients, but you are the customer. You bought the product. And after that, and the sale's done. So whatever happens to you in that product is between you and God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care at all. And so, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so why not streamline everything? And that's the whole point of removing the front desk is streamline your experience to be simplified. I think people have this idea that clients are going to walk in and be like, where do I go? I know. Like they... Can you imagine if I walked in? They don't know what their hands are for anymore. And there was like an iPad in the front, like on a little podium. I would go to the. So, okay, for example. I would naturally go to the iPad. Me too. And younger people like Gen Z, they would have already checked in from the car in their phone and just walked in. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love being able to change my appointments to do everything based on my calendar. I don't have to talk to so and so. I just did that with my facial the other day. I just changed it. Um, City MD. Okay, so there's one on every corner. And it's I what, what have, people call their doctors now. I've <laughs> used that more than actually going to my primary care. Um, and I remember pre-COVID being sick, because you remember when we used to get sick every year, mm-hmm. multiple times a year. And I would go in, and they just have iPads. And I go in, and I scan my license, and I check in. And then eventually someone comes and says, okay, you can go downstairs and wait. And then the doctor comes out and is like, come on. Like— it's, or they put me in a room, and it's great. And then I see my doctor, and it's I get what I need, and I'm out. Yeah. I, I don't understand. We're the only industry that makes things so hard mm-hmm. for no reason. And we're also the only service industry that pays thousands and thousands of dollars, not only to do the job. Like, school costs, what, $20,000, $30,000 mm-hmm. to go to school? Then you got to pay for licensures, keeping things up. You have to pay for equipment. I mean, scissors alone, minimal, yeah. are in the thousands. Uh, but you you have to invest so much money just to do your physical job. Mm-hmm. And then you're paying extra education all year long, anywhere from 500 to 10000 in education a year. Yet we're not raising our prices. We're giving ourselves away. And we're spending more money on things that don't matter. Right. When the reality is that people don't have the—we have these expectations— we have we've made assumptions about clients that just aren't true. And if I have one client that's like, "Why'd you get rid of the front desk?" I'd be like, "Because it was too fucking expensive." And they're gonna go, "I hear that." Yeah. They're not gonna say, "Well, I don't want to come here anymore." Also, because the front desk is gone. You te- like have you ever gone to a business where it's very cool? Like like oh, you walk into this place and they they do this and then you got to get a code and you do this. It's because they have set up their business to be like that and have taught their clientele to. Uh, interact with them that way. Yeah. And so we teach our clients how we want our business to run. If you say, every time you walk in, you have to say, schnoobadabop. (laughs) 
and you can't get your hair done unless you Sorry, say you that. Sorry, you dupe. So you <laughs> can't come in. You can't. I mean, people it's your it. business. So people walk in. You know who doesn't yeah. have front desks? Speakeasies. Oh. And you know who does it well? Speakeasies. <laughs> so if you want to run your business They're like back. a speakeasy, remove the front desk. Make it a challenge. <laughs> I hope someone could people like to you quote know what, turn our off podcast. the lights. I hope someone quotes have, that. Have people come in, turn off the lights, and be like, "Find your station." Yeah, it's like that restaurant in New York that I don't think it's here anymore because it's probably completely unsanitary. But it was called like Night or Dark or whatever. It was on Sex and the City, and basically you eat in the dark to enhance your senses. I do remember that? That would yeah. not fly anymore. But um, let's just do that. Yeah, like. We're just going to cut your hair in the dark. The point is, if you create a lucrative <laughs> experience, you teach your clients how they, what boundaries are set. Yeah. You teach them how to communicate with you. You teach them how you want to be All it takes is one moment. Oh, we don't do a front desk here. Oh, okay. This then I never assume there will be one when I come again. It's not, okay, who will check in? Who who will check in the clients? This is my next favorite one. Who will answer the phone? Oh, yes. Why the hell do you still have a landline? <laughs> Why do you have a phone? I don't want to talk to people. I love... I have picked my dentist and my primary care because I don't have to call them. If right. I go to a if I go to a business and I have to call, I'm so annoyed. It you all have to comes, call to make my birthday plans a couple months. My favorite ago. thing is well, I have I have a few clients that that's how they book. It's like stop running your Amazon doesn't go. Well, we have a few clients that don't don't like the the payment for the monthly subscription. No one gives a shit yeah. about whether if you want to use a, Amazon, that's how it's run. Yeah. If you want to come to the salon, this is how we do it. And answering the phones is, again, not a $30,000 a year job. Phones. I want, and the fight is, well, you know, some of our older clients, okay, well, they're not, they shouldn't be your focus of right. not growing your business because the reality is, and I hate to say this, they're going to age out of coming to They're going to die. My point is you can't make decisions based on a few clients. Now, if your entire clientele is elderly, then maybe you can make but that's that your decision. market. That's your market. But if you are a, a salon that is operating with mainly millennials, families, things like that, you can't just keep things going because those four people need it. So removing the phone, having a the way that I set up the salons I coach, they have a cell phone for the salon, they have iPads, they're all kind of linked. People can text the salon. There's iPads on the wall, so like when appointments come in, the stylists who are the slowest can go up and book themselves with all the clients that are coming in. Yes, you have to have a team that you trust to do all these things, but that's if you're having a front desk because you don't trust your team, the problem is not that a front desk, the problem is that you don't trust your team. And just going back for the team members that want to create like are a little entitled and are like, well, uh, are you going to pay me more to do that? It's no. like, no, no, this is your job description. You've been spoiled. And now... You've been doing it anyway. And then it's like, I, I would literally say to them, like, what are you going to do? Go out on your own and do the same thing I'm asking of you? <laughs> like, and you have to pay for everything now? No, no. Like, come on. Let's do this together. We yeah. have to stop this. That diva mentality of not I used to working together. I used to do it in the school. Old school industry. I used to do it, it all the shitty. time. I'm not being paid to sweep up hair. I'm not being paid. And it's kind of like, yeah, you are. Yeah. That's part of the be whole your space. Be yeah. respectful. It's not that hard. Well, the funny thing is, people are like, "I can't get rid of the front desk. It runs the entire business." And then you see everyone running up to the front desk, editing their own appointments, calling their clients, and rescheduling. Complaining about the front desk. Complaining. They're all they're doing all the things we're suggesting anyway. But there's just a, someone to blame. Yeah. And I think that's the fear: is if I remove the front desk, who are we going to blame? Who are we going to yell at? 
Who am I going to be frustrated with? Who am I going to take my personal responsibility and shove it onto? And that's that's really the fear. I have a salon that I work with, two owners in Baltimore. They're like, oh shit, what's she going to say? Um, and the owners are more of like 15 years ago industry, right? Mm-hmm. So they've done things, double booking, hustle culture, and mm-hmm. they've admitted. They're like, I was taught to do it, so I run this. I attracted those clients. Or even if they a, didn't want to do it, you yeah. grew up to be your parents. You grew up to exactly. be your former boss. Their team are all younger. They don't double book. They spend hours on these transformational transformational uh, services. And it's such a different clientele than what the owners are doing. Now the owners are not doing hair behind the chair. They're, they've removed it. They've switched to hourly. They're doing the DTH thing. But the funny thing is, is that they shifted their focus to focusing on who the new clientele is going to be and who the new staff is going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how your business evolves by always focusing on what's going to come in, not, okay, this is working now. Let's stay right here and get comfortable because that's right. how you die. When it comes to changing systems and salons, that's what most coaching companies are missing is that there is a belief system that you have to rewire. Like, well, that's how, what do you mean get rid of that? It's like, well, we, we're, our marketing is intense. We're like, remove the front desk. Mm-hmm. We know. It's intense. We know it's intense. We know it's going to take a long time. We know we have to explain it. We but, know there's consciousness behind it. But we have to say it outright and then work backwards. Yeah. Remove the front desk. Now that you've Let's even- plant the seed of yeah. anger, which then turns into desire because it's reactive, right? Yeah. They're saying something. We are saying something. We, yeah. Like we're, we're, we're saying something that we've been told our whole life. It's like if someone was like, the sky is purple. And we're like, Yeah. No. And they're like, Well, no, really look at it. And then you start to really look at it and you're like, Right. Oh shit, it is purple. Right. That's a <laughs> weird example, but yes. I like it. It's kind of like my, my partner is colorblind. So talking about color, it's like, Josh is colorblind? Yeah. Oh. That's why we do, he doesn't like green because it's brown. <laughs> so, and I love green, so it sucks. We need to get him those glasses. Yeah. But, it's like that's it's sometimes like that when you're you know it's this you're both looking at the same thing and you're seeing it very differently and I think when it comes to business our job is to say yeah we're both looking at the front desk but we're seeing it as a problem and you're seeing it as a benefit and that's where the the misunderstanding usually comes in but again we know our marketing is to provoke right like to get you to be like what did they just say that's how we get popular but we also just so everyone knows, on the back end, when we work with students, it's very gentle. It's very, yeah. we explain every single detail. We The podcast is we more We work fun. more on breaking down the fear around it and the consciousness around it before anything is implemented. Right. We talk about it a lot. Well, what would it look like if we did this? What would be the verbiage? What it's critical thinking. How would we change? Yeah, we really go into solution-based, like really go into and creating I think solutions. It's important, too, that to know that every salon is different. Not when we say remove the front desk, we don't have. We're not saying there's another system that works for everyone. We're saying remove the front desk. Work with a coach to find a system that works for you. And I think that's what's different about our program than other programs. Is other programs, when they remove something and they replace it, they tell you every salon should do it this way. Well, that is not a good business strategy. Not every salon is the same. Not every salon is the same size. Not every salon has the same culture. Not every salon has the same desires. So working one-on-one with someone who says, we can remove the front desk, and not only that, 
we can implement really cool things that benefit your team specifically. And I think that's, I think, I just want people to know that. Because I think we spend a lot of time on our podcast, like, ripping things apart, mm-hmm. but there's a reason and there's also... It, well, it really is to spark desire. Like, and we do have the backings and the training and the education to support everything that we're saying that's more aggressive. And I think, you know, I'll even have students where they say, I can't do that and they give me an excuse, right? And then I break down their excuse and then I'm like, okay... But they keep, I can feel the reactivity. I can feel the fear. Yeah. So my job as a coach is to not back down, but step away. And so I know then the next conversation we have, okay, well, you know what would be a good solution to the problems you're telling me? Let's remove the front desk. (laughs) Well, we can't. Who, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Next call. Well, they give me a list of problems. Well, you know what we could do? (laughs) And I I keep talking about it because eventually they're going to go, okay. I think what happens most of the time in coaching is that you tell someone something a hundred times and then one day they're like, so we're ready to remove the front desk. Yeah. And as a coach, I have to tell you that's the best feeling because mm-hmm. we know you're not going to do it instantly. No. But the day you actually come to terms with it on your own is like, yeah, it's better than an orgasm. I have yeah. to be completely honest. <laughs> Being better right sex. is better than sex. I And I, I wholeheartedly agree because I, I have students that come into the program, especially after listening to our podcast or our clubhouse or Instagram. And they're they've they're like hourly pricing. They've heard us talk about it so much that when they come right. to coaching, they're like, "We're doing it right now." Right. But then the next thing comes up, and I'm like, "Okay, well, we have to change this, and then we have to go." Like they're yeah, not they're prepared. Like, Their vessel isn't ready, so we have to shake them up, make them uncomfortable, and build them up and build the confidence to being be be able to make those changes. So, long story short, remove your front desk. Get a coach. Get a coach, <laughs> and we love you. And goodbye. Bye. <laughs> next time on destroy the hairdresser the podcast all we want is people to charge more money to make more money and no one's having it here's the thing we have made a pact an oath blood oath someone will die if it doesn't happen everyone in the industry (laughs) charges a minimum of 100 an hour like that's the standard David and I will retire. We'll retire. So if you're sick of hearing about us, then you all need to raise your prices. <laughs>